up, everybody? Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, episode 107. We are the kick-ass, irreverent gaming podcast where three lifelong friends gather to talk about video games. I'm Chad Michael Innes. That's Holden DePardo. Hi. And you're you. And that's why we love you. We have a shit ton to talk about. We have some subscriber interrogatives from our favorite Ryan today. We have some information about Switch consoles again, again, again. Again, again? And Holden and I both played Days Gone. I don't know how much Holden played, but I played a lot of it. And we have some thoughts and opinions we're going to share today about Days Gone. Chad's assuming I have thoughts and opinions. I didn't don't say assume. that. Don't assume. Makes don't you look assume. like a dick. <laughs> I said that to a teacher once in college. <laughs> oh, they were probably fine with This is college. That was in high school. It was. I mean, teachers, I remember the first time I heard a professor freshman year say fuck. I was like, oh, I love college. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I said something about assuming, and then the teacher goes, you know what assuming does? And I said, yeah, it makes you look like a dick. And she goes, did you just call me a dick? <laughs> and I was like, no, you know, like, assuming you expected me to say ass out of you and me, but instead I just said you're a dick. And she's like, I didn't think that was very funny. And I was like, Whew. all right. <laughs> Got an A plus in that class because musical theater major. Boom. I always felt bad. I was a, I was a junior marshal, um, and I was like, and there was ma- magna cum laude as well. I was so smart. I am so smart. <laughs> But <laughs> but I was always, like, standing up there with all the rest of the junior marshals who, like, I had to, like, sashay and sing for my A. And they had to do, like, painstaking biology research and, like, calculus <laughs> for their A's. And I just feel like mine didn't weigh the same. But who the fuck cares? You got an A. But we're not talking about my college experience today. There's a whole nother thing for that coming in June. Oh, spoilers, what? We are going to talk first about... Something called patreon.com slash respawn aim fire. That's right, motherfuckers. We have a Patreon. I'm going to walk you through a couple of things because we're super, super excited about it. Um, This is something we've been wanting to do for a while. And it's a way for us to give you guys a little bit more of what you want. And it's a way for you to support us. Um, I want to start by reading a couple of tweets that we got. There was a time back in March when we asked everybody, what do you want from Respawn Aim Fire? And some of the responses you guys gave us were, I want more reviews of recently released indie games on Nintendo Switch. Um, I want a segment for trophies and achievements. I want a separate podcast where you can talk about bullshit and life and other non-video game content. I want content in the form of a musical where Holden's the lead vocalist. <laughs> I want game nights with the community. That might I... change after tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I want more collaborations. I want uh, discussions on more recent games besides what we've been playing. Somewhere between a discussion and a review. There's so much that you guys gave us. And we're going to deliver some of that to you. And it's very, very exciting. So I'm going to pitch you a couple of things that we have just on our page Everything is a dollar. Just that's our only that's our only goal that you can pledge to is a dollar. You can feel free to give more if you want. But here's what that means. That dollar right now, early on, is gonna go towards it's gonna support us in a way that you now can hear more discussions on other games. So that money will go towards making sure that we can actually buy copies of games right at launch so that uh, we're not dipping into our pockets. 100,000 times for games that we kind of would wait to go on sale, but now we're going to buy them right up front so that we can play them and be more knowledgeable for you guys. Um, And down the road, 
we so, plan so on... So Jack can play Animal Crossing. That's what it so is. So that I can fucking play... If that if you guys pledge $60 a month total, <laughs> I will buy Animal Crossing when it comes out. And play and it. I will play it. Until you get the biggest out. house you can get in the game. You have to play all of it. That's it. If we, if we get to $60 per month, Animal Crossing... I'm, just, just to save Chad here. <laughs> he doesn't have to get the biggest house in the game. He just I don't has know to open what type it at of least commitment once. that is for the biggest house, but it's like months of gameplay. No, Megusta. Anyway, so yes, it allows us to do things like that. We're also looking into doing like video content for E3 and beyond, and that requires equipment. Um, and then down the road, we actually want to start attending events like E3 and PAX and stuff like that. And so some of that, as little as it is, will go towards helping us out with hotels and flights and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, So we're super excited about it. If you decide that you would like to pledge $1 a month on patreon.com slash respawnamefire, you get right now three rewards. You get the chance to vote for our upcoming barf game. So the first one you guys will get the chance to vote for and will actually be for July's one, since May and June are already decided. But we will, for Patreon members only, we will put out a list of potential games that we're looking to play. And you guys can pick the ones that you want us to play. Uh, that way there's more of a chance that like our interests align with yours. And what we actually talk about is going to be what you care about hearing. So, care what you care to hear about? I don't know. Words are stupid. As I mentioned, <laughs> I have a musical theater major. so that's one thing you guys get a second thing you guys get just as like a thank you is a super secret monthly respawn respawn aim fire wallpaper designed by yours truly with all of our fun stuff whatever that includes uh i've already got the first one done and that will be going out at the end of every month as well and then secret to me as well i haven't seen it yet well i think technically you have seen it okay i've seen it repurpose what i did for a wallpaper okay um, and then the last reward, which I know a lot of you have been asking for, is the chance to play with us every week. Um, so starting with May, we're going to be playing together on Tuesday nights on PlayStation. So if you have a PlayStation, this is a reward, uh, obviously exclusive to PlayStation. If you have an Xbox, I'm sorry. Uh, I don't have Xbox Live Gold. Holden doesn't have an Xbox. If you have a PC, fuck you. Why are you listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. You're great, as long as you own one of the other systems, too. Um, <laughs> but uh, it'll, it will definitely be a PlayStation thing that we'll be doing um, frequently every single Tuesday. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be playing right off the bat Borderlands, since that's our bar, Borderlands 2. So if you want to play along with us, that'll be Tuesday nights. We'll have more information in the Patreon. Uh, and then occasionally throughout the rest of the week, if you're like, hey, I'm bored. I want to play some Smash. We'll reach out to people in that community and say, hey, who wants to play Smash, etc. So really fun opportunities. Uh, I know actually we've had people asking, how can I support you? How do I give you money? And now you can. And there's a legal way that taxes are taken out on it, etc. So you guys can do that. <laughs> um, so we're super excited. What does that mean as far as what our podcast looks like right now? It's not going to change. We're not going to wall off access. We're not going to say, hey, those of you who have been listening forever for free, you now have to pay $1 a month to to listen early and then whatever. Um, That was important to us. We didn't want to change that. Uh, Along those same lines, we're not going to charge people to be guests on the show. We thought about that. We're like, no, we've been doing that for free for months, and that was part of what we reached out to Kind of Funny Games Daily about. Uh, So how do guests work? Well, we've already mentioned that we don't have guests for the rest of May because of Game of Thrones, because we're already doing another podcast with Nerds at Large. 
Um, but starting at the end of May, we're having EF Gaming back on for a sport or for a predictions talk for E3, and we'll have them again on for a wrap up talk. But then, at the end of June, anyone who reached out to us who we have not had as guests before, who are still interested in being guests, we're going to work our way back to that backlog. So don't worry. If you were on that list and we said, hey, can we get to you later? We're getting to you later. It'll just be starting the summer. So that's all staying exactly the same as well. Um, and then we're actually starting a second podcast. What? Yeah. Second I podcast. I agreed to that? You did. You did oh my agree God, to that. That's right. I remember that now. So this is, uh, it's going to be a second podcast right now. Our, our only goal is just to make it about fucking life and, and no, like anything but video games. Um, and that's going to be with Holden, myself, and a third person you guys have not met yet. That's not yourselves. It is my now former roommate, Jesse Neal, who I think you guys are going to fucking love. She, her words, not mine. She is, she's like me, but with more dicks. <laughs> so you guys honestly have no idea what you're in for <laughs> you you have no clue what you just asked for uh so most of it will just be jesse and i yelling crazy obscure weird random jokes inside jokes at each other and i'll hold just going <laughs> <laughs> but it's gonna be amazingly fun content and i can't wait if to you thought this podcast got ridiculous because chad's say to just now now two-thirds of the people on the podcast are Chad. <laughs> yes. Two-thirds that's Chad. One male, one female. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so that's very, very exciting. Um, Which is good, by the way, because it's equal representation of Chads. That's a right. A male and a female. That's equal right. Equal representation of all Chads. Yeah. Separate but equal. Separate but equal. That's what that meant, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> now we just need a second Holden. Uh, so that one is coming in the first week of June. And that one's going to be called Affable Idiots. We're very, very fond of that name. Don't worry. We've already <laughs> secured it on all the platforms. So you can't steal our name on Twitter or the website or anything like that. We've already got it. Yeah, we're uh, steps so, ahead. All right, we're steps yeah, ahead. We're thinkers. We think ahead. So we're very, very excited. Please go to patreon.com slash fire. Give us a buck a month. Get some cool stuff. Play with us. Support us. We love you so much. Now that that's all out of the way, Let's get on some video game talk. Whoa. Starting with our quest log for Sony. Hold on, PlayStation 5 won't launch before April 2020. <clears throat> this is official. Yeah. Yeah, this yes. is from Sony, relayed by Tom Phillips from Eurogamer. <clears throat> uh, they dashed my dreams. Is that a thing? <laughs> dashed your dreams? Well, they did it. Whatever it is, I know what that's you how I feel. They, they crushed them and just, it's No, dust. I feel like my, my dreams have been dashed. Like oh, a dash dashed. of pepper. And just like a little dash it's of pepper. That's not that bad, actually. Like, oh, but it's like repeated. Had... Death by a thousand cuts. It's like little dashes of pepper. I'm like, hey, here are your <laughs> dreams. Watch us slowly shake them out of this pepper shaker. It's like the government can do waterboarding anymore, so they just do dashing. Like, <laughs> ah, I get the pepper out of my eyes. You're looking particularly <laughs> dashing tonight. Don't bring it up. Sony's not releasing a console. <laughs> so Sony has confirmed to the Wall Street Journal that PS5 will arrive no earlier than May of 2020. Specifically, I think it was like f- the first quarter of... Yeah, it won't, just, and, yeah, and it won't arrive before the end of fiscal year 2019, which wraps up in April. Mm-hmm. But there were some interesting unit, uh, interesting figures on that call. Uh, 17.8 <clears throat> million PS4s were shipped in the last year. That's down slightly from 19 million the year before, but we're reaching. We're already way past uh, 
where last generation was, we're reaching a saturation point. We are up to 96.9 million units worldwide. Holden, we're almost at Wii numbers. Yeah. It's going to be. Wii was there. like, what, 102, 105? Yeah, around there, like 103 or something like that. Yeah. Oh, man. We're so close. PS4 is going to do it, but PS5 will not. But that's, that's hysterical. Okay. Like, they don't even sell 3 million PS4s the remainder of the whole year. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's it. Also, 96.9 million units, if you move the decimals, it's 969s. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's okay, because my prediction at the beginning of the year is that we will see next-gen consoles. I want to go back and listen to that, because I'm pretty sure you said something about a fall release as well. Well, you can't go back and listen to it, because I've deleted all the episodes. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, all gone. You cheated and your predictions are revoked. <laughs> My my mainframe crash and the surge protector overloaded the system and it's all gone. I don't know what happened, man. <laughs> I mean, you'd get half of a point if it didn't come out this year, which it's not. Because they at least discussed it. They at least discussed it. Yeah. Well, we haven't seen it, but I do still think we'll see it. Yeah. We'll return to your predictions later on this episode as well. Will we? Yeah, because you made another prediction that's definitely not true. <laughs> Oh, shit. I don't even remember yeah. what I said anymore. <laughs> it was like Days Gone was going to be a Game of the Year contender. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, for a second, for a second Sony uh, quest log. Oh, God. Kojima spouts more crazy-ass shit. Headline <laughs> called Video Kojima says... Video... Oh, it's autocorrect. Hideo Kojima oh. says Death Stranding emphasizes connection. Video More Kojima. might be shown in a month. <laughs> Video Kojima. I like that that's like a digital alter ego of him. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I am Video Kojima. Or maybe Death Stranding it's, it's a, it's is... A, it's, it's an alternate universe version of him, but only from the 90s. Transcendence. Donnie Jepp. Donnie mm. Jepp. God damn it. Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> it's a day i even worked from home half the day and my brain's still fried so this death Stranding thing if he's saying so he's saying here that basically next month we're, we're probably gonna hear some stuff yeah will you read this, this yeah this is a quote from quote. the yeah this is a quote from the article itself by imran khan at game informer kojima emphasized the game's theme of connection while you're playing in solitude connecting to uh, the, the environment and the world and the characters are all crucially important he also wants players to connect the game world um Blah, blah. Connect the game to their world, citing personal experiences with dating that happen in your life and European politics. What the hell is he talking about? What what the hell? So that's then, that's the quote from Game Informer about what he said. And then yeah. the Kojima quote itself, I don't remember I don't see it right off the bat in this article, but I remember it's just like he just says the word connect about seventeen times in two sentences. <laughs> and I'm like you have no idea what you're talking about, do you? This game literally hasn't even begun pre-production, I'm sure. They're just like, <laughs> I have an idea about connection and ropes and shit, and hopefully a game will come out of it. This is all like a scheme. He's just getting money from Sony to like discuss this game. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then two is. years from now, he'll like have escaped offshore in a yacht, and we'll never <laughs> see him again, and he took all of our money. <laughs> he'll return one day as Video Kojima. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, the the more that comes like, out about this game, Hideo the crazier. Kojima? No, I'm video Kojima, different person, <laughs> different person. That's my brother, <laughs> <laughs> my evil twin. Hideo so you were saying about video. the game? Uh, yeah, the I more I hear about this game, relevant information. It's okay. It was funny, so I allow it. Okay. Um, the more I hear about this game, just 
the crazier it gets and the more I'm turned off by it. But then yeah. I know the next time I see a trailer, I'll be like, I don't know what that is, but I want it. I but then as he talks though, about it, it turns me off. At this point, he said so much vague. It's like, okay, this is, here's a, a weird analogy. It's Christmas time, right? But it's not Christmas time. It's like February, and it's like very long time before Christmas. But your dad has already told you, you're going to get this awesome Christmas present this year. And then just throughout the whole year, he just says, like, it's going to be in a box, and it's going to have <laughs> ribbon on it. It's like, oh, Dad, just tell me what it is. Just tell me. And then you get there, and it's going to be, like, a lump of coal in there or something like that. I'm worried. He's hyping it too much. You know what, though? <clears throat> that was a weird analogy, but I think you get yeah, my that, point. that was very weird. That's, was a, very video, weird. that's a video Kojima analogy right it's there. It's a video Kojima analogy. Um, here's, here's the thing. I'm I was concerned. just thinking about this right now. This all sounds weird as fuck, and we have no idea what it means. But maybe after playing the game, it'll totally make sense. Like, I was just thinking, what if someone tried to explain, without you knowing anything about it, tried to explain Metal Gear Solid 2 to you? And you're like, yeah, so it's a Metal Gear Solid game, but you don't play a solid snake. You play as this acrobatic blonde guy who does pull-ups on the sides of oil rigs, and then he fights fat dudes in roller skates who are planting bombs all over this tanker. And it's like... That all sounds batshit crazy. What the hell are you talking about? But you play the game and you're like, yeah, I know exactly what that is. And that was yeah, an awesome part. Everything you just described, though, were game mechanics. And he described that the game is like going to connect you to your dating experiences and European politics. Well, we don't know it now, but those are game mechanics for PS5. <laughs> that's, that's totally true. The game's about Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> I also hope it's about breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole game. Breakfast or Brexit? Which one? <laughs> Video Which game one would you it? rather? Breakfast or Brexit? I don't know. I just want him to shut up about the game. That's Me really too. what I want. Me too. I, like, shut up and release it. Not even to release it. Show something of it. Every game trailer we've seen, well, game trailer we've seen is super vague. And if they show it off again this year, it had better be something that's substantial and worth seeing. That I can leave and go, oh, I even know what kind of game this is now. Yeah, because we we know nothing. We know nothing about it, and that's why I can't get hyped for it. It's more of just I'm curious, and I've always kind of felt that way. Like I'm, it, it could be a great game, but I, I don't know because I don't know anything about it. Yeah, curious just, just, like I can't. If the moon were made of blue cheese, would you eat it? <laughs> Hell, I know I would. I'd have seconds. Um, great. Yeah, let's let's stop talking about it. Let's tell Hideo and Video to stop talking about it, and then we'll stop talking about it. Yeah. We're going to move on to playtime. We're talking about what we played this week. I'm going to lead with a few things, and then we'll both jump into a Days Gone discussion. One, I played more Cuphead, and I think I figured out why this game... Did I... I think... I talked about this last week, right? I talked about Cuphead. How I'm at the same exact spot that I was at the Xbox. Yeah. Um, And I'm finding it a little bit easier for some reason. Yep. Part of that, I think, is due to, obviously, the fact that I've played all of these levels before. But mm-hmm. also, I'm playing it handheld, and I think it's just easier on the smaller screen to keep track oh. of everything. Yeah, that makes I, sense. I played it on the TV again this week, and I was like, man, that screen is so big, and my eyes were darting all over the screen trying to keep track of obstacles. But when it's all on one screen, it's so easy to see everything in one place, which I think makes it easier. Um, but I beat two of the bosses, two of the three bosses that I haven't been able to beat before. <laughs> the robot and the uh, pirate ghost lady, um, a pirate mermaid ghost thing. 
How, you're, you're not that far. You have not gotten any further in that game, have you? I haven't played any more of it. I haven't played okay. really anything this gotcha. week. Well, then they won't talk any more about it. But I'm still stuck on that fucking dragon. That's the last one I can do before I beat the final boss. <laughs> um, so Cuphead, check. Bioshock 2. I got another fucking plat, y'all. I'm riding the plat high right now. I got the Bioshock 2 <laughs> platinum. Can I tell you also that the, the only trophy I had left was played on Survivor uh, all the way through. I didn't even have to do it like without dying or on Survivor difficult or without Vita Chambers. And 100%, I noticed zero difficulty change between normal and Survivor difficulty. Really? It was exactly the same for me. That's weird. Yeah, I was in the final battle and I was still one, like, freeze, drill dash, one shot, brutes. All of the, like, the big, it was, it was still so easy for me. And it wasn't like any resources were any scarcer. It was, I don't know. Maybe I, it's because I knew that those are the two things. After playing it once, those are two things. I was, so I, like, powered them up on purpose and didn't fucking care mm-hmm. about anything else. But yeah, it was oddly enough, it was the same difficulties for me. I'm just too good, though. <laughs> um, and humble. And then I got another platinum. <laughs> what? Three platinums in 10 days. Tacoma, Bioshock 2, <laughs> Ghost Giant. <laughs> so Ghost Giant is a PSVR game. I think Matt? What's his last name? Fiero? Fiero? Fiero! Wicked. Uh, Matt from Rhode Island. His last name's from Rhode Island for life. Um, I think he was talking about this game I had no idea what it was and yeah yeah we had him and Ryan on it he was like I'm looking forward to Ghost Giant or in his awesome accent I I want his accent for the rest of my life I can't I can't even begin to copy it but anyway Ghost Giant it's (laughs) a PSVR oh I just spit everywhere it's a PSVR (laughs) game um, that you play as it's kind of like Moss and the fact that there's a little character that you're kind of not controlling, but it's like looking up at you and like, hey, what's up? Oh, oh I'm scared. Um, it mechanically is, is is kind of slow, but but fun. Uh, the story, I feel like it's it's trying really hard to like put a deep, meaningful story about depression and how your kids handle your depression in there. Uh, but I feel like it doesn't pull it off well at all, and it totally feels like shoehorned in there and not earned. But it was a three-hour platinum. That's not why I played it. I'm not a monster. <laughs> I played it because it legitimately looked good. You've never played games like that before to get easy trophies. Okay, so I was having this discussion with Matt Vieira from Rhode Island, uh, and I only have played the only game that's like a cheap platinum is My Name Is Mayo, and I played that on PS Vita and PS4. I have not played any other cheap platinums. All the rest of them are like a hall of fame for video games for me. They're mostly Sony exclusives. Anyway, shut up. Ghost Giant. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's, it, there are much better games out there that do very similar things. Um, for instance, I th- Moss is a great one. If you're looking for like uh, a third-person puzzle solving. You know what this was? This was one of those point-and-click adventure games. You know, like um, you just made it seem very unappealing to me. Ex- exactly, exactly. Like Broken Age <laughs> or like uh, Grim Fandango or something like that, where it's just like, find me something on the screen and fo- solve that puzzle to make that thing pop up over there. It's, it was completely uninteresting to me, but the world was interesting. Cute characters, loading took too long, lost interest. 
So I guess that's all I have to say about Ghost Giant. <laughs> I know that was scatterbrained and all over the place, but I wouldn't pay full price for it. And there are other things that do everything that it does better. That sounds like a great segue to Days Gone. <laughs> so Days Gone. I have put over uh, the last, over 48 hours, I put 16 hours into this game. And you've played a little bit of it. I checked your I, trophies I, and compared, and you haven't quite got as far as I have. No, I, I've only played like an hour of the game. I got to the point where it's like, oh, downloading hasn't completed. You can't leave this area. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll come back at some point. Oh. I, I hadn't come back yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. I haven't had time to play it. This is my last week of school. Once I'm done with that, I thought there was one week left. There's actually two weeks left. So now I'm in, now I'm in my last week of school. Okay. And once this is done, then I can like dedicate more time to games. I'm looking forward to it. Nice. But I only played about an hour of it, and it was okay. I play, Well, it, it you can't fine. really tell much from yeah. the first hour of a game. You can't, Unless- but like, you can tell for at least the feel of the controls, the mechanics, yeah. and that kind of stuff. You can feel that kind of stuff. And, and I, I really don't want to judge the story at all yet, just because the beginning of it has a lot of like cutscenes to introduce things, yeah. and it kind of slows the pace a little bit. So I'm really trying to reserve on the, on the gameplay. On the uh, on like what actual gameplay is going to look like because I just don't really know yet. But I got I do have a yeah. feel for the mechanics and kind of at least how the controls feel. And I wasn't so crazy about that, but I actually am liking the world. Like I had one part where I had to w- go from point A to point B and avoid freakers, and that was actually pretty tense. Yeah, that it, in that hour I, I enjoyed that. And that's kind of what I'm looking forward to playing. But you've actually played it, so I'd rather hear what you have to say. No one wants to hear sure. what I have to say. Yeah, no one fucking cares about anything you have to say, Holden. Even though I like, barely said anything in this like, whole half hour. <laughs> Very quick side note. I was listening to <laughs> When Gaming today, and uh, Ryan was talking about how the only reason he thinks consoles are releasing this year is just to spite you because of how shittily you treat me. <laughs> and I was like, first of all, I love you, Ryan. Second of all... <laughs> That poor Holden gets so much more shit from me than he gives to me. So <laughs> I just give you shit on that one thing because I really on that one with thing, and, and then and Breath of the Wild. I just give you shit for existing, <laughs> <laughs> for having that face and that but to stupid me, personality. That's comparable to me insulting you for not liking Breath of the Wild. That's, that's right. the same that's as right. existing, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you, Holden, and everyone knows it. Um. So yes, oh, day's mutual. gone. I'm not gonna lie. When the review embargo went up on Thursday, and I saw what everyone was saying about it, I listened to a few discussions, I read a few reviews, looked at Metacritic, and I was like, thank God PlayStation has that refund policy, because I haven't (laughs) downloaded it yet. I pre-ordered it, but I hadn't downloaded it. But then I was like, no, play the game, come up with your own opinion about it, because there were, it was, it's very middle of the road. It's not like... There are polarizing things. Everybody's pretty consistent about saying it doesn't do some things great and the story. But um, I wanted to form my own opinions. I wanted to give my experience to our listeners. So I went on with it. I downloaded it. I started playing with it. And I am enjoying it. I'm having a good enough time to keep going with it. So I had to laugh. It's like, and I am enjoying it. <laughs> I know that's not a glowing review, but obviously the game is not, uh, as you can tell from all the other reviews, it's not what you would expect from a first-party Sony game. Uh, mm-hmm. First of all, you do, you, you're going to run into either glitches 
or just things in the world that look weird because it is running on Unreal Engine and it's you know not Sony first party proprietary tech and they haven't worked it all out. But uh, so every single time I played this game, I have run into some kind of bug that made me restart it. Whether it was getting trapped and stuck in cover or <laughs> I posted a, a playthrough of a video clip of when I was playing through and then just suddenly I was under a mountain and I could look up and see the trees from underneath and then suddenly I warped back into the world and my bike flew all the way across the map. Uh, so you, you will run into bugs, but then there are like small things where you're talking to somebody and their face just doesn't move in a way that seems natural and you're like, why, why is your face doing that? <laughs> or if you look behind the person, the guy who's sitting down on a box, he's not sitting all on the box. His butt is halfway through the box, and he's clipping through oh. it very badly. It's like some little <laughs> things like that. But if you zoom out and you see the forest through the trees, it's a very pretty game as long as you don't look too close. It is especially some of the like lighting through the trees and that kind of stuff. It looks gorgeous. Um, some things I'm disappointed by. I One, the moon is way too fucking bright. <laughs> and I know that sounds weird, but this is a game where it's very important to not be outside at nighttime, or there's a, a much higher risk of running into hordes of freakers while you're out at night. And the moon is so bright that I literally cannot tell sometimes if it's day or night unless I look straight up and like, are there stars out? Oh yeah, there are stars out because the moon's so bright and I'm out in the open and I'm playing with HDR turned on, so I don't know if that's the issue or not, but anyway. I think uh, they probably watched most recent episode of Game of Thrones and thought, oh, that's too dark. Let's brighten up our, our thing <laughs> so it's not quite as that's bad. That's what it was. So that's don't like, want comparisons. That's like a little nitpicky thing, but it's it, for this game, it makes a huge, it's a huge deal. So I kind of wish that there was like a clock or somewhere, like you could look at your watch and figure out what time of day it was so I could tell like, oh, is night coming or is it night right now? Should I go back to a camp? Or just have better lighting. Or have, or have better lighting. And just like make it a crescent moon. It doesn't need to be a full moon every day. Um, that's one. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in a post-apocalyptic future where the the moon stopped rotating, <laughs> or actually, actually no, it'd be the Earth in its position in front of the moon. What is it again? What causes the shade of the moon? I don't know. Does it? Uh, the position of the moon relative to the Earth and the Sun. Well, I figured that much, but it's, all right, never mind. Yeah. So some other things that I'm kind of bummed about is I'm 16 hours in. That's not an insignificant amount of time that I've put into this game. And I still have no idea why they're called Freakers, why they turned, um, what really my end goal is, where I'm going, um, my relationship to most of the characters in this game, why some of them hate me, why I hate some of them. Despite the fact, as you said, there are a lot of cutscenes. But I just don't feel like I learn anything from them. I have a relationship with my best friend in the game, but I don't really know anything about our backstory or what we've done together. But I've seen a lot of cutscenes of us talking about nothing. Um, <laughs> my wife got stabbed in the, literally the first 30 seconds of the game, but 16 hours in, I, I know marginally more about her and our relationship than I did when we started. Well, that's concerning. Um, so, yeah. The, they made a big deal out of that. They and did, it and also said, wasn't really that impactful. Right, right. Well, and yeah, because 
when you think well, about it, this is hard not to compare it to The Last of Us, but when you think I was about just the, last the Last of Us, exactly. The opening scene is very similar, but it's a condensed, abridged version of it, which greatly reduces the emotional impact at the end. And what's weird about the choices, too, is that they revisit that scene and they give you more context to it later. And I assume you're going to get even more context. It was like, why didn't you just give me all of this up front? That way I care about these characters. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right. The, the first scene in The Last of Us, I don't know whether it's the performances or the camera angles that that they give spend us their time. They, they take they, their time. That's what it is. Right. And they allowed you to play through the house as his daughter for a little tiny bit there to really kind of figure out the home life, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this one they jump you right into a cutscene, give you tiny fragments of it, and expect you to care about them. And I I don't really. Um, Deacon, the main character, he I don't really get a sense of his moral compass. Other than occasionally, he will, at night, in a crowd of freakers, scream, How dare you fucking be a murderer! I can't I mean, obviously that screaming doesn't do anything for the game. The freakers don't notice, the people don't notice, but he's screaming for some reason. I found that a lot. He'll, he'll scream in really weird situations. Like, he'll be on a bike and he'll be like, Blah, 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 I can't believe this happened today. And they're like, And also this! It's like, alright, dude, calm down. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but as you're as you're killing like bandits and drifters, he'll be remarking like, "You fucking murderer! I'll take you out!" And then he's literally going and murdering every single person he sees. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't see a person and say, "Uh oh, are they good or bad? Should I approach them?" No, you see a person, and your only choice is fucking kill them, or else you're dead. And so, I I don't get a sense <laughs> for his moral compass and and where he like in screenwriting i'm sure you know this there's like there's a moment in the first first scene usually of your movie where your main character is either kick the dog or wag the dog like they either do Mm -hmm. something to let you know oh that's a bad guy or they do something to let you know oh he's a good person inside and i feel like i haven't 16 hours in i haven't seen that moment from from deacon uh he's endearing i guess in some of the flashbacks but that's all i really know about him I'll say 16 hours in, most games are, even story games especially, are done in 16 hours. Right. So that's the other thing. So this game, the gameplay loop of it reminds me a lot of Far Cry, where you're driving around on your way to complete one of seven or eight different storylines that you have going at any one time. And then on the way, there are little things that pop up on the side of the road, like, oh my god, someone's being held up over here, or someone's trapped in their car, or save someone from this horde of freakers. Uh, so you can like stop and, and do things like that. But it doesn't have the character or zaniness of Far Cry to make you like it, and I didn't even like Far Cry when it did. We all knew how that <laughs> Far Cry 4 barf went. Um, and then it also reminds me a lot of Mad Max. Did you ever play Mad Max? No, I didn't, but I have it because PlayStation Plus. Yeah. Uh, where... Uh, again, it's, it's those tick boxes, like take out this ambush, take out this, uh, camp, um, take out this infestation, get this Nero place. And it's just check boxes, but again, it's not as cool or characterized or stylized as Mad Max. It's just, it's Last of Us without any story. Um, but it's compelling enough. And I feel like you get enough of a little nugget every cutscene that you see, uh, to keep you going. I did find that I was like, there were several times yesterday while I was playing it that I was like, all right, 
as soon as I get to this, the end of this mission, I think I'm, I'm done for the day and I'm going to go to the gym. And then I get to the end of that mission. And I was like, Oh, but there is like something just off or, Oh, I think I'm almost to the next camp. I'm in the third camp now. I think I'm almost to the next camp. I'll keep playing. So it does have the, that little hook, not as good as like the shrines and legend of Zelda breath of the wild, but it does have that kind of hook to it that there's something else just within reach that you could be doing. Even if, and here's the big thing I had about Breath of the Wild, even if those things are not rewarding. So, um, obviously Breath of the Wild, I felt like, you know, treasure chests, I even, I just stopped opening them because I didn't give a fuck about what was inside of them anymore. And I didn't do any side quests because the rewards were all stupid. And that's what I feel like in Days Gone, where anytime that I complete something, um, I feel like the, I, I don't get anything. And uh, you get skill points for different things throughout the game. But they're so rare that you'll go hours and then finally you get a skill point. And you're like, oh yeah, now I can get marginally better damage on my melee weapons or I get the ability to repair them or whatever it is. Um, so I feel like there's just not enough reward in there. But weirdly enough, I'm still I'm still hooked to come back. So I'm, I do plan on playing it some more. I don't see myself in any way finishing this game. Uh, just because I don't care enough about it. And from all the reviews I'm reading, it's like a 40 to 60 hour experience. Whoa. Yeah. <clears throat> and there is the way that it's set up. There's no way that you can just be like, all right, fuck all the side stuff. I'm just going to go the main missions. You you can't do that because there aren't, there's not a main mission track. There are 10 to 12 storylines in quotes. And at this point in time, the he's my brother storyline, which is you and your best friends. Like, oh, do this for him. I do that one thing. You progress 10% in that storyline. And then you're like, oh, memories of my wife or girlfriend. Got to do that quest. So it's like picking little things. So by the end of it, I assume all of them will be computed, completed, but you can't just do a main storyline, which is frustrating uh, if you don't want to spend the full 40 to 60 hours on this repetitive <laughs> gameplay loop. I haven't gotten to take out a horde yet. Um... 16 hours in, you haven't done that? They made it seem like a big part of the game. 16 hours in, I have run across a horde twice and just whoop, went the other way because I I have nowhere near the firepower or ability to take them out. I, I came across, a, it's not a horde, but a group of like maybe 20 freakers once. And I was like, oh, there's a gas truck there. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw this little radio thing that attracts them. They're all going to gather around the gas truck and I'll shoot the gas truck and it'll explode and kill them all, right? I did all of that, got it perfect, shot the gas truck and exploded, and it killed like six of them. And all the rest of them just turned around and went, ah, ah, and just ran after me. I was like, fuck. I'm back to my bike. And I tried <laughs> like picking off one or two at a time and then driving away, come back. Pick, did but they just not get hit by the explosion? Like how did they, what happened? I guess the explosion just wasn't big enough. For a gas truck, it just didn't do enough. Interesting. Um, so yeah, I imagine I'm going to need much higher firepower for that. And I guess there, I think there is like a story mission where they're like, these are the tools you need to take out a horde. But 16 hours in, I haven't come across it. Yeah. Um, I have fought a bear. Bears are super hard. Zombie bear? No zombie bear, although I think they are in the game. I've just fought a regular Ooh. bear. Uh, and all in all, I found the gum, the gunplay to be pretty weak. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what I meant when I was talking about, like, I'm just not feeling the controls. And every time I shot a gun, I'm like, yeah, but where's the satisfaction? Exactly. Yeah, I'm not satisfied with it. They, the, I don't feel like I'm ever running low on resources 
and bullets and things like that, but it's because I'm not I'm just choosing not to use the guns. I'm just being stealthy all I can and then the melee weapons. So I I have only put skill points into melee. So I've now got like 12 skill points. So now I've gotten the ability to repair my melee weapon. So I find like a good machete that's strong. And then as I use it, I just keep repairing it. Just keep that really strong machete with me rather than having to go to like two, two by fours of baseball bats and shit. And yeah, melee weapons. I'm now able to take care of everybody in at least two hits. Some enemies just one. Uh, but that feels satisfying enough that that's kind of my preferred method of going about things. But obviously you can't melee a bear to death. Um, <clears throat> Which makes it super frustrating. But yeah, that's that's kind of my time with Days Gone. I'm not entirely impressed. Had I had I not wanted to share this with the podcast, I probably would have said, oh, let me wait for that to go on sale a little bit. And I probably honestly would have never picked it up. I'm glad I did because I'm getting enough enjoyment out of it to be like, all right, I'm, I'm glad I at least experienced this and know what it's like. But I, I, yeah, I don't see myself finishing it. I'm going to play more of it, but you're not making me <laughs> want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You sh- well, you've bought it. You should play a little bit more. No, I know. I, I did it, buy it. I'm- get, get to, like, at least get to the second camp. And then I feel like you've, by the time I reached the second camp, I've done enough of every type of thing. Like, anything after that was just more of the same. So you'll have, mm-hmm. like, you'll have an informed opinion by the time you get to the second camp. Second camp yeah. of what the game is mm-hmm. and then you can continue playing from there if you like but if you don't play to the second camp you're grounded do you remember <laughs> that episode it was that virtually tori you're grounded god i laughed so hard at that <sighs> i'll say one thing I'll, I'll just say before we we move on is that i just didn't care for the motorcycle and drive the motorcycle and i didn't like how it felt maybe it gets better over time or something but I guess it kind of grew on me, or I got used to it. One of the two. Maybe. Right off the bat, I was like, when your motorcycle's not garbage. It's kind of like the Metroid thing, where you start out and you have all your powers, and then you get stripped away. Your your motorcycle's not garbage right off the bat, and then mm-hmm. it gets garbage, and you have to build it back up. Uh, so right off the bat, I didn't... I was like, this doesn't feel great. For, for all they were talking about, your motorcycle is a character, and is so much a part of you. Blah. I was like, this doesn't feel good to drive. And then it definitely didn't feel good to drive when it was a piece of shit. But I guess I've either like upgraded it enough that I don't notice anymore or I just got used mm-hmm. to it. I don't know. Okay. Well, hopefully the carts in Mario Kart Tour do better than that. Wait, 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 summer. wait, 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 wait. I'm so what? sorry. I have one fun thing to say about the motorcycle. Oh, that was such a good segue. <laughs> this, is, this is actually kind of an example of like, why did they use Unreal Engine? Um so this game was made using Unreal Engine instead of, you know, the one that Horizon Zero Dawn, they made for Horizon Zero Dawn, that Death Stranding is using. And all the first parties usually tend to use proprietary engines. But uh, Sony Ben decided for this one, we're going to go Unreal. And Unreal doesn't have support for motorcycles. You can't have a motorcycle in the Unreal Engine. Then why um, did they decide to use that <laughs> engine? And they decided, you know what? We're going to use an engine that doesn't support the main thing that we're going to talk about in this game. Because everywhere you went, like, look at the way the motorcycle moves and all the things you can do with the motorcycle. Let's pick an engine that doesn't allow motorcycles. So the motorcycle technically is a car with two invisible wheels that you just don't see ever with a motorcycle skin on one half of the car. 
what? Right? That's nuts. Right? Okay. Why? Why did they choose this? And one, sorry, last comment, I promise. Last comment about this. It's so weird seeing all of these bugs when literally this game was coming out in February and they delayed it two months only because they wanted to get out of the way of everything else. Like they said, you know what? Everything else is releasing in February. We're going to move it to April to get out of the way, give ourselves a chance, and I guess we'll polish some bugs while we're there. And they had two extra months and this thing is still coming out pretty buggy. And I've even played it with the new patch they update, they released yesterday and it's I still ran into a guy uh, who like was stuck in quicksand. There was no quicksand in the game, but he was halfway through the ground and he was just trying to run and he couldn't. I broke his butt. That's it. That's all I have to say about Days Gone. Hey, Holden, what was that brilliant transition you had earlier to our fetch quests? Well, I hope that the carts in Mario Kart handle better than the motorcycle because uh, the closed beta is coming to Android for Mario Kart Tour, and the game's going to come out in the summer. Ooh! Closed beta is, I think, May 22nd? Yes, and the signups end May 7th. I've already signed up, so. Nice. No yes. uh, no beta for iOS because iOS does not allow, like, pre-release or or – what is what is that called? Early beta access, testing? that kind of stuff. Beta, oh, that access, kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't really allow for that. Yeah. For the Nintendo news, uh, Super Mario Maker Two has a release date. It's June twenty eighth. I can't wait to watch a couple YouTube videos about what people make in that, and then never touch it again. <laughs> Although I'm very excited that it's out. It's just not my game. Not a game creator guy. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not for it either. But it's it's a great idea for a game. Um, we do have some E three. Kind of quests to go through here. It's starting! It's starting. So, Upload VR announces E3 VR Showcase, which is a Nintendo Direct-style event for virtual reality. This is going to be at 9 a.m. Pacific on June 10th. I'm really pumped for that. I'm I'm, I'm intrigued to see what's going to happen, because I think we're all waiting on new VR experiences. There's not been... Without Sony there... To push for VR, yeah, this is going to be the event for VR. So I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping some good stuff comes from it, but I don't really know what to expect. This is. Do you are you aware of Upload official, VR? Was that? Are you aware of Upload VR? Not too much, no. So uh, the guy from Upload VR, forget his name. Uh, he was actually on Kind of Funny Games Daily last week. He had been a guest that came on earlier, and he. He, he talked about creating this showcase because, you know, with Sony not being there and there's not really a VR presence at E3 aside from like little one-offs. And so he was he was intrigued by the kind of funny game showcase that they did last year. And he said, why don't we do this for VR? So it's not going to be like a conference with a stage and they're not going to have any E3 presence. They're just going to have a digital thing in the same vein of kind of funny conference uh, or game showcase. Um but yeah, he's a super cool dude. He has, I think he said, ten VR headsets at home. I didn't even know <laughs> there were ten VR headsets in in existence. So I'm sure we'll get stuff from Oculus Quest, from PlayStation. Apparently, they've already been working with a bunch of big names, uh, and people are asking about like, so where do we get booth space for your thing? He's like, no, 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 it's not a booth. It's it's a it's a digital thing that we're just gonna put on YouTube. I'm like, oh, okay. How do we get booth space? No, 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 no. <laughs> so I'm very excited about that. Are you excited at all for Dying Light 2, which will also be at E3? You know, not really. <laughs> Neither am I. Square Enix is going to be at E3 as well. Are you excited for that one? No, let's move on. No. Well, well, <laughs> no. okay. Two no. things to say. Two it's going to be say. better than last year's. Absolutely will be. It has to be. Last <laughs> year's was literally all the same fucking trailers we saw everywhere else, except for A Quiet Man. That was the only thing that was new at that one. 
and like maybe an extra 10 <laughs> seconds in the Kingdom Hearts trailer that was still awkward as fuck because they played all of the music and dialogue but none of the sound effects in the trailer. Um, but the fact that they have Sony's time slot, everyone I'm sure is is way over hyping what that means. I'm sure they're just it like, means nothing. oh man, 6 p.m. Pacific? Well, fuck, yeah, that sounds a lot better than whatever time we were doing it before. I don't think it means we're going to see Final Fantasy VII Remake. We're going to see all these big games. I think it's <laughs> uh, temper your expectations. It's probably going to be an all-digital thing, just like it was last year and the year before, and it's probably going to be a couple of pieces of information that might be new and you probably won't care about. But also, Dying Light was kind of our first barf game. It was, you're right, and we spent very little time with it we did we said you know what let's start like a game collection a, a respawn aim fire game well actually back then i think we were still split screen gaming we were, um, yeah. and we're like we're let's play a game every month and then we'll play it together and like i'll buy a copy you buy a copy. so we picked this up used at gamestop and we played through the first little bit of it i think you played maybe 30 minutes and you handed the controller to me and you took a nap on the couch while i played another hour of it <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, uh, yeah like needless it. to say, I'm not into Dying Light 2. There was some cool stuff they mentioned in, like, how the world responds to your actions, but I've heard that so many times for developers. Exactly. We'll We've see seen that from Infinite. We've seen that so many, so many times where the world yeah. responds to your actions. Speaking of, yeah. I want Infamous. Give me more Infamous. Maybe on PS5. PlayStation 5. Let's move on to our third-party quest log. Ooh, we've got one story. This is from... Timothy Sweeney. I, I'm sorry. I assumed Tim was short for Timothy. It could be short for Tamantha. Um, <laughs> Tamantha Sweeney. All the Tamanthas. <laughs> All the Tamanthas of the world. Uh, Epic Game Store will back off exclusives if Steam gives devs more revenue share. This comes from Matt Kim at US Gamer. Uh, responding to a tweet on Twitter, Tim Sweeney said, quote, if Steam committed to a permanent 88% revenue share for all developers and publishers without major strings attached, Epic would hastily organize a retreat from exclusives while honoring our partner commitments and consider putting our own games on Steam. Now we're going to get a little bit more into the PC discussion later in our main quest, but uh, shots fired. Shots fired. I also don't buy it. Yeah. Well, like really, I, I they're just going like... to subside. They're just going to give up. You know what I mean? I don't know. That that doesn't seem logical to me at all. Yeah. Um, also, like, it's it's weird, but it's not weird that, like, you're putting out your company's policy and stance just, like, basing it all on a tweet. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to pivot the direction of our company right now based on this one reply to a tweet that Tim said. But then you think about, like, well, our entire foreign policy right now is based on Donald Trump's Twitter, so. <laughs> so maybe a video <laughs> game is, too. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so... In this case, it's worth mentioning, too, that this is a random Twitter conversation with just people on Twitter he was just talking with. Yep. And they, were, I wouldn't say they were egging him on, but they were definitely asking him questions about the Steam Epic kind of debacle going on right now. Um, this was not in, like, an interview worth yeah, a prepared this was not a, statement. This was like, not a, comp- yeah. or a, a earnings call or anything like that official. This was just, like, yeah. dude tweeted it in response to some dudes. Exactly. So I really don't think that this should be held with with a lot of weight, but it's still a notable quote because of who it's coming from. Right. Tamantha Sweeney. Tamantha Sweeney. (laughs) (laughs) 
excuse me, but I don't have much to say about other than that, though. Yeah, me neither. Fuck. Yeah. Let's move on. Nintendo Quest Log. Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo. I'm going to sing that now every single time. I love Matt Kim from US Gamer. Again, this great headline. It sure sounds like the Nintendo 3DS is dead. During Nintendo's earning call with Kotaku, uh, during Nintendo's earning call, Kotaku asked Nintendo about the lack of 3DS software coming in 2019. Nintendo said, quote, We have nothing new to announce regarding first-party software for the Nintendo 3DS family of systems. We can confirm that new software is coming from third-party publishers. Um, Does it mean yeah. it's dead? Uh, I, I don't know, dude. Like, Literally, there are no first-party titles on the thing. And sure. I got... I don't remember where I got this from. Maybe it was easy out. I don't remember. But three, there are three games right now currently scheduled to release on 3DS. Two of them are Japan only. One of them is a Persona, like, dancing game or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And with the addition of the upcoming story, I think 3DS might be dead. Uh, sorry, not yeah. the upcoming story, I, but the one right after that. I think the reasons that it's dead are what you just mentioned. This quote here doesn't mean that. Because Sony dropped support, first-party support for the Vita a long time ago. Oh, and that yeah, console yeah, yeah. kept on chugging because of the third-party support. So the lack of first-party support, oddly enough, doesn't mean it's dead, even though it's basically like you've, you've put the noose around its neck. You just haven't hung it yet. <laughs> it's <not, laughs> it's kind of where it's at right now. I'm just um, going to so leave really, this noose right here. Hope nothing basically, happens. Actually, this, <laughs> this is actually what it is. We're going to hand this noose to the third-party publishers. We'll let them decide. <laughs> You guys are the bad guy. If this thing dies, it's your fault. It's your fault. <laughs> Not us. We didn't release any games on it. <laughs> <laughs> if games come out and they're bad or it tanks in sales, it's all because y'all's games are bad. That's it. Yep. But it is dead, to be clear. Yeah, it is dead. It's about time. And thank the Lord. So, moving on, though. I yeah, like yeah, this yeah. story about the Nintendo... I'll just say it. Nintendo enables faster load times on Switch. Zelda and Mario immediately impacted. This is from Chris Carter to Structoid. So there's an 8.0 update for Nintendo Switch. And in that update, there's a boost mode where in certain situations that have, quote, been properly tested, um, they can enhance, I guess, load times in the game up to 10 seconds. Yeah. not better. But this is only for first-party games right now. I guess I read an article a couple days ago that that didn't put the two together that like this was a an update a software update that also came out and mm-hmm. the headline i think was nintendo nintendo labo vr uh seemingly also makes zelda faster somehow or something like yeah, that. yeah i saw the headline too yeah <laughs> it's like, like that's oh, not that's, exactly what's happening that's interesting <laughs> i think the boost one might be because of vr maybe sure and maybe those are the two because those two titles have vr support maybe that's what it is a boost mode yeah run overclocked so that you don't throw up Mm-hmm. Also, did you actually read about what the VR mode is for Zelda? Yeah, it's like you're actually when you're looking around, you're actually controlling the camera or something like that. Your so your your head is the joystick, yeah, for the camera. So you look down and you don't see the ground. You transport to being above Zelda, Which, <laughs> above Link. I just made Link. the biggest fucking mistake. I've done it before too. It's okay. Uh, you're looking down at Link, and then in look up. You don't look at the sky. You swoop down and look up from yeah, the ground. Yeah, but that sounds awful. That sounds, sounds awful. nauseating. Yeah. And if you look left or right, you don't see left or right. So, yeah, it it sounds terrible. So there's not really any reason to move your head left or right while you're playing this. Also, there's no support for your, like, if you move your head forward, it doesn't actually move the camera forward in the game. 
because there's no way to track that right now. With yeah, that's no not cameras. surprising though. That's a but lot that, of heads that still do that. That a hundred percent is that. the is the shit that makes me nauseous in CR and CR in VR. If mm-hmm. I move and my character doesn't move with me in the world, I immediately yeah. start like get that salivation. Or or mm-hmm. if the world starts moving and I'm standing still, both of those tend to make me super nauseated. So yeah. Also, fun fact. A person when you're when you're feeling sick, you're not feeling nauseous. Nauseous means you make other things feel sick. So like, oh my god, this VR experience is nauseous. I feel nauseated because of it. The more you know. No one ever says it like that though. I know. I've been my coworker Paul, every single time he says it, it was like, You mean you feel nauseated? And he's like, God, I'm trying to fix myself. I'm sorry, I'm not perfect. And I was like, Yeah, fucking get better. <laughs> Speaking of get better, maybe a new switch will be improving the switch line. <gasps> maybe i haven't heard this rumor before so uh bloomberg so article from also from tom phillips at Eurogamer pointed to uh an article at bloomberg where allegedly this kind of cheaper smaller switch is going to be coming by the end of june um that's reiterating a report that Eurogamer itself made and the wall street journal journal made i think back in march and but one difference that's notable is that bloomberg mentions the switch pro again Whereas Wall Street Journal and Eurogamer actually kind of doused that in trying ah. to. That's right, because they've been saying it's been delayed or something like that. Yeah, for a while. yeah, they've been saying it's delayed, yeah. So I thought that was interesting. But then um, during the earnings call at Nintendo, uh, Furukawa, the new uh, president, told Bloomberg that there are no plans to announce um, that at this year's E3 in June. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist, it just right. means they're not talking about it at E3. In June. In June. Uh, yeah, somebody dug up an old article. About the th- when the 3DS XL launched, mm-hmm. they didn't talk about it at E3, but it came out two weeks after E3. Yep. So the very same thing could happen here too. Absolutely, and I don't. This is the kind of thing that they don't really have to talk about at E3. E3 is when they talk about the games usually, right? So I, that would make the sense. games in Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. So point being, we could still see at the end of June, and I think that makes sense. They've done it before, so. We will find out together. Find out. Holden, we need to come up with a different name for this middle part now. We do, yeah. It, uh, so this is, maybe we just call it Ryan Subscriber Interrogatives and we nix the rest of it and we just remind people. Uh, hey, we're not doing participation trophy right now. Um, hashtag thanks for creating. I forgot to come up with something. So you are going to thank the creator of, uh, I'll get back to you. um bar for the month is kingdom hearts right now actually by the time you're listening to it we're going to be our probably our uh our barf episode will be up as well because tomorrow night we're recording that with trevor bettis um so we're going i know uh, that guy spoiler alert if you want to hear holden sing listen to our kingdom hearts barf tomorrow (laughs) night or no it won't be tomorrow night oh actually let's talk about this because we need your input community um, so Holden, I don't think you're going to finish this game in the next 24 hours based on how oh, much definitely you played. Not. Definitely not. Holden will have to sing for 30 seconds. That's his punishment. It's called Holden's Lullaby for not finishing this barf game. And we need your help. We're going to put out a tweet this week with two options for songs. We need you to vote on which song you want to hear Holden sing on next week's podcast. So look for that on Twitter. Definitely make sure that you, uh that you vote in that. And if you have suggestions for future um, Holden's lullabies, 
there will be songs? no more future Zelda plays. <laughs> there might be. Maybe uh, I'll put you into a coma for like three weeks, so you can't finish a game. Um, so that's Hold part it, for you this month. have one week to beat all of Nier Automata. <laughs> Barf for May and June, again, is Borderlands 2. Play it however you like on whatever system you like. I own it literally on five different systems, uh, and I don't regret it. And um, if you are a Patreon subscriber, patreon.com slash respawn aimfire, you have the opportunity to play it with us on Tuesday nights. We're going to be playing it for a few hours every Tuesday night in May and probably June as well. And then probably randomly throughout the week as I get on. If anyone else is on, I'm going to go run and do side missions with me. Great. Uh, while we play on Tuesday nights, we've decided that the way that we're going to make this happen, because I put the requirement on we have to play together uh, for this one, because that's the way Borderlands has to be is is meant to be played. Holden and I on Tuesdays will mostly be playing side or main missions, main storyline missions. We have to play together unless we get to the end of June and we're like, ah, we have so many left. Um, so if we end up playing like separately off on our own, we're only doing side missions, or we can help you guys out with main missions that you haven't done yet. So, yes, please play with us. I think it'd be a blast to play with you guys. Uh, $1, that's all it costs on Patreon to be able to play with us on PS4. We won't be playing it even though I own it on Xbox as well. And then, Sunday nights, we record Nerds at Large spoiler cast with the folks over at Nerds at Large for Game of Thrones. We are halfway through the final season. Uh, find out all oh the things we loved and mostly hated about this past episode. <laughs> uh, that's out now. You can go subscribe to them, and every Monday morning you'll have that waiting in your inbox as well. At this point, I want to be in the podcast still, but I don't know if I want to watch any more episodes of Game of Thrones at this point. <laughs> of fucking course you do. You have I to know, see how I'm it just, ends. I know. I'm just disappointed. I'm very disappointed. By one episode. That it was a meant, big episode. It was a big episode that meant so much for the series, but it was yeah. one episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, for this part that we still call sponsorships for now, uh, Ryan's subscriber interrogatives. So Ryan Fitzgerald, the lovely, lovely man at Silo Sword on Twitter, also host co-host of uh, When Gaming on podcast services. You should definitely go check them out. Says Chad. How does it make you feel to viciously rip open little sisters and devour the atom slug from within them? So, hold on. Sorry. Uh, Fuck. Fuck. I have to read it in his voice. (laughs) Chad, how did it make you feel to viciously rip open little sisters and devour the atom slug from within them? That was... I'm just like him. I know. I'm so fucking good. (laughs) So, for anyone who doesn't know, little sisters in Bioshock, you have the option to save them. Or harvest them. And when you choose to harvest them, you are there's an atom slug in their bellies that they're feeding all of this atom to, and you reach into their mouths or rip them to pieces and grab the atom slug out and devour it yourself. Uh, and yeah, they fucking die. But in the game, you don't see it. You go, dun, dun, the music is really scary, and then a green cloud of smoke comes up, and then suddenly you have a slug in your hand. Um... But let me tell you a little bit about um, just following orders, Ryan. I was just following orders. So it didn't <laughs> feel that bad. Um, no, I'm just kidding. It was the first time I did it, I was like, oh, this is miserable. But I'm playing on the hardest difficulty, and I'm not about to get less Adam for the same amount of work. And I'm not about to go harvest bodies to get more Adam that way. 
So I needed to get the most amount of Adam in the smallest amount of time. So I had to harvest them. I had to do it. And I harvest all the little sisters I came across. But that wasn't even the worst part of it. The worst part of it was that after, you know, you harvest enough of them that later in the game, spoilers for Bioshock 2, later in the game, when, what's her name, Evelyn, Edith? Sure. Something with an E. Emily? Your, your, little, your little sister that you're linked to for life. Um, she, there's a, a part where you have to, like, rescue little sisters or get enough Adam and uh, there's a part where she's like, don't worry, Father, I'll follow in your footsteps. You fight all these enemies, I'll get enough Adam from these little sisters. And instead of the good ending where she's like taking them back and saving them and no, she's going into that little orphanage where all of them are just sleeping in their beds and she's ripping them all to shreds. And no matter where you go, you hear over the radio those little sisters crying and screaming as she's ripping oh, them to shreds. That was the hardest part of it. Um. But the Adam slugs taste fucking delicious. So. <laughs> yeah, it was tough, Ryan. But I'm a man, and I manned up. <laughs> Hold, did you say something, Holden? What? Did Did you say something just now? Sorry. Hold on. I have to get out my timer. Okay, I got okay, it. Okay. Okay. I see what's happening here. You face to face with greatness, and it's strange. You don't even know how you feel. It's adorable. Well, it's nice to see that humans never change. <laughs> Open your eyes. Let's begin. Yes, it's really me. It's Mao. Breathe it in. <laughs> no, it's a lot. The hair, the bod. When you're starting at a demigod, what can I say except you're welcome for the tides, the sun, and the sky? And that's 30 seconds. You're done. <laughs> Oh my god, your face oh, right it. now. Your face that is was, so red. That was hard. I, I had to like listen to him singing at the same time because I don't know that song. <laughs> <laughs> now, hold on. That wasn't a, a, a barf song, though. Why did you no, just that, sing? I sang because last week, Ryan actually submitted a subscriber interrogative that I didn't catch, I missed, and we didn't share it. And to make it up, I sang, but also, this is not a main quest chad this is ryan's main quest oh. we're dedicating the entirety of his question which is it's a big question i want one day for us to just every single segment is ryan's something ryan's sony <laughs> quest log that's it that's what we're doing next week that's what we're doing <laughs> ryan's the name of the episode will be called ryan's respawn name fire <laughs> we're gonna change our podcast feed to be ryan's respawn no we're not that's too much work and who knows if it'll ever work <laughs> Well, we're going to read the question first, and then we're going to break it down and kind of go through it little by little, because there's, there's a lot here. So the question starts off with, I want to know your thoughts on the console wars. Why has there been such a big divide between Xbox and PlayStation over the years? Do you think this war has quieted recently, or has more and more people just went and bought both consoles? Do you think Sony's stance on cross-platform gaming ultimately hurts them or the reputation within this war? Do you think this type of dispute is what's transferring over the PC gaming uh, with the rise of the Epic Game Store? Steam has never had a true competitor, and PC gamers have never had to worry about exclusives and the other one, in quotes, before, so... Is this a reason for the hatred of the Epic Game Store? Thoughts, even though I, um, I know neither of you are PC gamers, 
but this is a conversation piece I've had with a bunch of my friends, and it's a good conversation piece. So we're going to discuss yeah. it. Woo, Let's start what an interrogative. That's a lot of it's a lot of interrogatives. That's why it's a main quest because. There's a lot. There's a lot to break down here. First of all, let's talk about that. Why has there been such a big divide between Xbox and PlayStation over the years? Why do you think there's been a big divide, Chad? Um, two two reasons, uh, and I think one is more prevalent nowadays, or one was more prevalent back then than it is nowadays. Um, and that one is there just used to be such a difference in the consoles. Mm-hmm. You know, you played. Xbox and it had Xbox Live on it, or you could play Halo Two on online with friends. Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty had Xbox Live, and it was such a great experience. Um, there were a uh, huge disparity in the games available for them as well. Like you, like Halo was—it's not so much of, as big of a big deal in system pusher as it was back then. But you had Halo, and you had those multiplayer shooter experiences. You had Gears of War, and on Sony's side, you had all of the like kind of weird offshoot like. Jack and Daxter and Munch's Odyssey and well, actually, I think that was an Xbox game anyway. But uh, but you had like the weirder kind of stuff, and they had Killzone that they tried to make a competitor to Halo, but it was also like single player <laughs> and it wasn't good either. But then they also had their own gems along the way as well, and I think with PS3, they definitely every single studio started firing on all cylinders. But I think it was initially such a different experience on either one of those consoles, mm-hmm. and if you liked. Uh, playing, you know, Project Gotham Racing or Halo or Gears, like you had Xboxes and Xbox 360s. And if you liked playing Metal Gear Solid and Final Fantasy and all of those things, you had a PlayStation. So they they kind of represented different gamer groups based on their Mm -hmm. interests. If you like any kind of RPG or or JRPG, you played on Sony's platform. Um, So that obviously just inherently divided the fan bases. And people are like, Halo's so much better than Killzone. Well, of fucking course it is. But Final Fantasy is so much better than whatever bullshit off-name uh, RPG you guys have over there. Um, nowadays, however, we're to the point where I feel like even... Uh, like, First of all, third parties are ubiquitous. They're almost the same exact experience across all well, softwares. Also, like Final Fantasy, as an example or familiar, is now like everywhere. Exactly. Like, some of those big franchises are just available everywhere now. Weirdly enough, third-party exclusives are kind of rare. And instead, you see mm-hmm. things like partnerships for like features like exclusive Red Dead Redemption items or exclusive mm-hmm. raids in... De- not raids, but uh, strikes in Destiny 2 and things like that. But you don't really see a lot of third-party exclusive games coming that aren't mm-hmm. you know, first-party published. So I think the the experiences have pretty much equaled out on both of them. There's still a little bit of remnants over like that because Sony does have such a strong first-party presence and mm-hmm. what a presence it is. And Xbox right now is kind of struggling a bit. But I, I have faith that they're going to catch up in this next generation with quality games and all that they've acquired. Um, so yeah, I think that's one part of, of the console war. Before I go on to part two, I want you to talk. Yeah, no, so I... I totally agree with you and i think like you talked already about like the differences that were existing in xbox ps2 generation but you look at uh, ps3 xbox 360 like the price disparity and yeah when it was backwards compatible one wasn't hd dvd blu-ray like there were other technologies there that made it because i remember xbox had that hd dvd like adapter you could get and then ps3 just just had blu-ray um so there were just other technologies that are kind of competing for interest there as well also it was a closer race that time where it was like more like 50-50 market share split by the end of it. like It right. was a tighter race, which I think just kind of made it more interesting. But um, I think what happened with Xbox One and PS4 is twofold. 
One is, like you said, the hardware is the same for the, for the most part. Like, it's x86 architecture. Like, you can make a game for both systems, and, you know, generally speaking, it'll work pretty well. However, Xbox lost hardcore in the beginning. And I think that honestly ended a lot of the console war debates because it's like, well, that's settled, you guys. <laughs> yeah, really. We haven't had a whole lot of debates in the last six years because, well, there's nothing to debate. You lost. Exactly. <laughs> and I think that's going to. So the question of like, has been quieting down lately. Yes, it's been quieting down lately. And I think that's a big factor as to why. I also think, to your point, it doesn't really matter as much anymore because the games are pretty much available everywhere. However, right. with Sony already having great first party lineup and Microsoft ramping up that, that, um, their li- their own lineup coupled with streaming ca- capabilities and all this other stuff like i really think we're going to return to that console war stuff as soon as the next generation comes up i don't think it's quieting down i think it's just subsided a bit because we've been in the current generation for a while yeah i don't and know it's if been it's a gonna... pretty definitive was a definitive winner of the generation yeah i don't know if microsoft you know developing their first party arsenal quote unquote is... winner by the way like right. quote, it's, it's a stupid idea the, the winner of the generation but uh i don't know if them developing their arsenal of first party stuff is going to lead to as stark of a difference as we saw 10 mm-hmm. 15 years ago um because i do feel like uh the like sony has a catalog of exclusive games and they've got something in almost every genre and i feel like xbox is going to do the same thing so you're not you're no longer limited to RPGs on one, shooters on the other. They're not best on either platform. They're kind of, you know, if you want a good shooter, you can find it on both. If you want a good RPG, mm-hmm. you can find it on both. If you want good puzzle games, you can find it on both. Versus, you know, back when, when it was so split. And mm-hmm. kind of back then, I guess it's kind of like nerds versus jocks. Like, oh, I like RPGs, <laughs> and I like puzzle games and weird things, and I like shooters, and I like uh, racing games. So it's kind of like that kind yeah. of divide a little bit. Whereas now everyone just there's good shit on both and there's good exclusive shit on both or will be, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I don't think it's gonna it will definitely ramp back up as we go into the next generation and they're a little bit more head to head for a while. But I don't think it's gonna ever be as stark as it used to be. Yeah, I think also this as things like crossplay become more and more prominent, that'll also just die down the console wars. Yeah, as there's not so much like. Xbox is better because that's where all my friends are. It doesn't fucking matter where your friends are anymore. You're going to be playing with them anyway. If or when that eventually becomes a thing. Yeah. So speaking of that cross-platform, do you think Sony's stance on cross-platform gaming ultimately hurts them or the reputation within this war? Uh, I think it's it's a little bit of an image thing right now. But ultimately, long-term, I don't think it's going to. One, I think they're going to cave, whether it's this generation or next. I think they're going to cave. Um, I also just don't think cross-platform gaming is going to become as big of a thing as we all are making it out to be right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll ever come to the place where we see like you're playing Call of Duty cross-platform. I don't think we're ever going to come to the place where you're playing the Division 2, Xbox, and PS5 together, I think, or PS4 together. But I, I do think you know it'll be pretty ubiquitous where you're like, you'll have Overcooked or Rocket League or Fortnite, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But yeah, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Um, but I do think Sony's definitely going to f- crumble a little bit on that. Yeah, I'm. I'm honestly have no idea what to expect in, in terms of that. And does it hurt the reputation? Depends on who you ask. Yeah, some people like I. I don't like. It bugs me from a business perspective. They do that because it's kind of shitty. But I don't really play games online that much, so like it doesn't actually right. impact me. So I'm. F- I'm quote-unquote fine with it because it doesn't impact me but it is a shitty practice but i'm not going to not buy a playstation because it doesn't actually impact me right 
The second reason I think that <clears throat> console war, like why there's such a big divide be- between console wars, is a little bit of brand loyalty. Like you feel like oh, I, absolutely, yeah. Obviously, I'm, I'm a an Nintendo fanboy. Fan yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, brand loyalty coupled with just people fucking being existing on the internet. You want to fight <laughs> about something? You want to say obscene, horrible, hateful things about something? Might as well be whatever you're a fanboy of. So I don't think that's Absolutely. ever going to go away because the internet is only becoming more and more ingrained in our lives every day. And people are becoming more and more respectful to each other online. Oh, wait, right, never mind. right. Never mind. You guys know <laughs> we're leading that charge. Be good or else get, you're Get grounded. good at the internet. Get good at the internet. <laughs> yes. If I see any of you saying anything negative to anyone on the internet, I'm unfollowing you. <laughs> If I don't already follow you, I'm going to follow you for 30 minutes. Enough for you to notice that I followed you, and then I'm going to unfollow you again. And when they see you follow that unfollow, they go, oh, that's right. Chad said in the podcast that he would do this if yep. I said anything negative. They'll know immediately. They'll get it. Yep. Patreon.com slash Responding Fire. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to plug that as much as I can now that it's real. <laughs> Chad, question for you. Yes. This is from Ryan. Do you think that this type of dispute is what's transferring over PC gaming with the rise of the epic game store so do you basically is the epic game store and steam going to be a console war is kind of the question there this one's different um i think this is more of people being upset with the way they buy pc games is changing yeah it's been the same they've been the steam has been pc gaming for two decades maybe how long has has steam been around a long ass time it's been around since I want to say early two thousands. Yeah, maybe the late nineties. I don't think late nineties. I'm looking up right now. But, but even before then, late, early two thousands for sure. Yeah, even before then, people were already used to like digitally getting their games uh, from developers and their websites and things like that. September twelfth, two thousand three. Two thousand three. That's yeah, right. So Sixteen yeah. years. They did it right before Half Life Two. The year before Half Life Two came out. That's right, because you had to download Steam to play Half Life Two. Yep. Um. Yeah, so it's been around so long, and people are just so used to it. Uh, and console gamers, we're used to, oh, yeah, I'll buy a new box every few years, and that's when I can change up my brand loyalty if I want, or I can stick with the same thing. Whereas they haven't, everything's just like, yeah, it's Steam. Steam equals PC. And now suddenly there's a third party in the or a second party in the race um, with Epic Games Store. Um, but I don't think it's quite, there's, there's nothing hardware-wise or purchase wise keeping you or make it, that you have to make in order to play these other games on the Epic Game Store and the Steam. Like if I decided, man, something's exclusive to Xbox, I gotta buy an Xbox. That doesn't work too well because I already have an Xbox, but I gotta turn on my Xbox. Uh, whereas you literally just download another client on PC and you click a different icon to launch that game than you would if you paid for it on Steam. So I I think it's being super overblown right now especially because epic games is straight up just trying to do what's better for developers and i honestly believe that this is it's that weird kind of thing where a company says something and i believe epic when they say it because they did like remember i think it was last year or two years ago when they said hey any anyone who's ever created anything for the epic uh unreal engine stuff like if you've ever created a tree or a house and you got a royalty payment from it. We're changing the way that split works, and we're retroactively going to pay you what you would have been That's paid right. with it. Like, yeah. 
they're a company that I think they there are few companies in the world that I believe what they say, and that's there. That's one of them. Mm-hmm. So when it, except when they tweet on. And, and not in an official context. Oh, Tamantha Sweeney. That's right. Tamantha Sweeney. So yeah, I don't really see what all the hullabaloo is about. I mean, it does lack features like leaderboards and chat and um, a few like quality of life things that to some games I understand are pretty big. But I don't know. I don't see what all the fuss is about. You have to click on another icon to load your game. Which mm-hmm. I kind of get. A little bit. All of my music right now is in iTunes. And if I wanted to listen to another album and I had to download Amazon Music to listen to just that album, I'd be kind of pissed. Even though it's like, yeah, it's just another launcher. It's Amazon. It's you know, else, do you want, though? I'll tell you why that's not comparable. I change songs every few minutes. I don't change games every few minutes. Yeah, I, I start right. playing that game and then I'm in that game for a while. So, like... I, it's kind of However, comparable you get when to I that game doesn't really matter because you're going to be that's that's a fraction of what? a percent of the time you're spending with it. Exactly. But I think also too, I think there was a um, we did a an episode a while ago about streaming services. There was like an indie one, like an indie streaming service or like online service or what was it? Where it, like it melt it meshed with your library and your computer or something like that. Uh, Discord does that. Discord, Discord Discord's game store. Like it is an app that will launch any. Yeah, I don't know why it's a streaming service. That that doesn't make yeah. any sense. Um, but yeah, so, yeah, okay. you could have that all in one place. You go to Discord and it has your Steam games in it, and it has your Epic mm-hmm. games in it, and it has your Discord games in it. That's ideal, and I feel like that's that's going to be the solution to this. Basically, is you'll have one place to to see all your games, even though you're buying them at different locations. Yeah, be the shelf. So then, that's like the the top level of it. Then like. Steam has never had a true competitor. So, so Ryan writes in, Steve has never, Steam has never had a true competitor, and PC gamers have never had to worry about exclusives and, quote, the other one before. So is this a reason for the hatred of the Epic Store? I don't agree with that, just because you're not paying to access the Epic Store. You're just buying the game. Right. Um, so I don't know if it's like, it's not necessarily the same as the other one, because like, if I want to play Last of Us, I have to have a PlayStation 4, therefore I have to buy that PlayStation 4. Right. My PC will, will run both. Um, yeah. I'm excited that Epic exists. I think it's great for totally. developers. There are so many stories out that like, our game sold a ton more on Epic. We made so much mm-hmm. more money because of the revenue split on Epic Store. And I think, like, if developers yeah. can make more money, they can pay their employees better, or they can make better games. Mm-hmm. So, I'm yeah. all for it, and I, I do think that the seventy thirty split is a little ridiculous for what they offer. And I can't wait for Steam to finally jump on board, and then you won't even have the exclusives problem. Yes, and actually, I talked about this on Friday with Fresh Takes Gaming because I was on their show plugging that. Plug it. Um, I totally forgot to plug that earlier in the episode. So, yeah, we talked about this, and we talked about this putting pressure on Steam. Steam's going to have to cave eventually, but yeah. they're not going to go all the way down to 12%. Erection. They're going to go to... 12% erection. <laughs> they're going to go to 20%. 20% erection, erection at, at least, yeah. So that's, I think, where they're going to end up settling. So I think uh, Tamantha Sweeney's whole deal about the, the 88% revenue split has to re- reach there before... They stop doing exclusives. That'll never happen. Steam will only get on twenty percent, and I think from there, it's Epic's whole thing has never been have every game. 
So they're never going to be the only store. And so Steam's still going to be a major place for buying games anyway. Mm-hmm. I think this is just like saying you have Target, you have Walmart. Hey, the deal at Target was better. I'm going to go to Target today. Yep. I think it's just going to come down to that in the PC world. Whereas I think in the consoles, it's, it's different. Also, like, I, uh, this is this really only applies for, like, people deep in gaming culture who who know, like, <laughs> knowing that Epic, when you buy a game on Epic, the developers get a lot more money. There, I'm sure there are not a lot of people that know that. And that might be some of what people are up in arms about. It's like, why do I have to go to Epic Game Store? And they don't realize the reason this is on another store is because they have different views and opinions about how developers mm-hmm. should be paid. Um, but for some reason, that made me think of, you know, the shoes Tom's. Nobody yeah. buys Tom's shoes because they look good. They're hideous. They fucking suck. They're uncomfortable. They look stupid. But you buy a pair of Toms, and they give a pair of Toms to some kid in Africa or something like that. So that's part of, like, if I bought a PC game, yeah, I would choose the Epic Store over it because they're gonna that, some of that money is going to a good place. Are you suggesting that Epic Games starts a policy where if you buy a digital copy of the game, they will give a digital copy of the game to a child in Africa? They will give a download code to that child. They will not give them a PC to run it. <laughs> no, it's just the download code. Yep, and they're going to drop it via parachute. <laughs> Or they'll email them, but they won't even give them a, a, a device to check that email on. <laughs> I think that covers all of it with yeah. Ryan's main quest. What a good interrogative, Ryan, from two weeks ago. The interrogative <laughs> was from two weeks ago. Ryan is from present day. Um, <laughs> great. Well, thank but you, But it Ryan. was Ryan from two weeks ago who wrote that interrogative. It's weird. Saying. Time travel. It's weird. Oh, man. Watch um, Endgame. It'll all make more sense. Speaking spoilers, of Endgame. Endgame was amazing. Spoilers. Speak, speaking of Endgame. Speaking of Endgame, we're going into our Endgame in a segment we call We Are So Fucking Humble, where we take a back seat and let our guests bring a topic of conversation and kind of lead for a little bit. So we're going to let you guys go. Go for it. <laughs> just as funny this time as it was the past two. <laughs> <laughs> oh we're so stupid <laughs> next up is game on game show the game show called game on where we play a game on our game show called game on the game show game 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 this one is the epic return of video game would you rather oh yeah Again, we have five video game-themed would-you-rathers, ranging from tame to kind of weird. And we're going to go through them and just talk about uh, which you would choose and why. So, Holden, let's start with... Here's a nice, easy one. Would you rather consume video game news and culture, but never actually get to play them? Or consume TV and movie news trailers and culture but never actually get to watch any of it. I'd rather watch the video game coverage in, in news and all that and not play games. Not play games? Yeah, because I've I've always really loved video game news for some reason, and I just don't care about movie news. I don't care. Because movie news, it's all 
gossip basically like i feel whereas video game news is like this new technology is coming out and it can do this and you don't see that as much in in the movie side and i like well that i mean of... you do see that like um it's fewer IMAX far format or something yeah, but yeah you're right it's um i think i would side with you as well because i feel like even growing up i would play a lot of games but i would also watch my brother play a lot of games and i feel like mm-hmm. i got a lot of enjoyment out of that and i'd I don't think this is weird to say, but I don't think I've ever watched someone play a game on Twitch or YouTube. I don't think I've ever I, watched a Twitch stream. No, my first Twitch stream was this year. I was watching Sekiro Twitch streams just to kind of see what like a no death run looks like. Yeah, and that was actually very enjoyable. So I didn't watch the I, whole thing, obviously. I think but. I would find some enjoyment in that. Um, and also as I get older anyway, I mean, aside from this weekend when I played 16 hours of Days Gone, that's a rare opportunity that I actually have time to play a lot of video games anyway. Um, but movies and TV are such, like, when I'm on the stair climber for a half an hour, I'm watching an episode of television. When I'm cooking breakfast in the morning, I have my iPad with me. When I'm brushing my teeth and doing my morning routine, my iPad is playing a movie. Uh, as I go to bed, I'm watching a TV show, like... And I I have AMC A list like that is such a part of of my enjoyment is just watching TVs and movie TVs and movie movies and TV switch the plurals <laughs> um, I don't think I could give that up especially watching the trailers for those things and not being able to watch the movies themselves but maybe I could read the screenplays but it wouldn't be enough it's different reading screenplays it's not quite the same thing yeah i was trying to think of the equivalent of like well you could watch someone play a game so how do you consume a movie without actively watching it i don't know read a screenplay or for video game the just take the extreme side of it or you could just read the code or you could read the novelization of the movie (laughs) (laughs) speaking of there's a novelization of the god of war game that just came out like an official novelization of that story yeah Interesting. Uh, it was on sale for eight ninety nine. Thank you, Wario sixty four. I didn't buy it, but thank you for letting me know it exists. I, I hope it's like really meta and it'd be like, and Kratos walked up and upgraded his Leviathan axe. <laughs> <laughs> Holden, would you rather play a Pokemon game with permadeath or interesting? So no fainting. Mo- so no fainting. If your Pokemon dies in battle, it's dead for the rest of the game. That's actually a way to play Pokemon. People do that as a challenge. So would you rather do that or play a, a, like a mode in Mario Kart where there's permadeath? Where if you don't win a race as that character, you can no longer use that character ever again. Okay, I thought you were saying like if you get hit by a shell or if no, you no, get no, knocked no, no. off. Like, I mean, that'd be insanity. No, if, you, if um, your favorite character, if you come in second, boom, you can never use that character again. Do you want to know what? I think Pokemon would be fascinating to play that way because then you're going to have this attachment to those Pokemon. And when one dies, yeah. it's like, oh, I lost my starter. Like that, they've been with me the whole journey. Like, yeah. And that would be intense. Whereas, like, I play as Link only in Mario Kart. If I'm not playing as Link, fuck that. I'm not playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be such an interesting thing in Pokemon to, like, it would make you reconsider every single encounter that you have. Like, do I want a chance fighting this Growlithe right now in the grass, mm-hmm. or do I run yep. away? Do I use repels like crazy? But then I don't power up my Pokemon, which means when I go to the gym, I'm gonna fucking die. Yeah. I think it would cause so much more grinding, but then, yeah, it, suddenly your Growlithe dies, and you're like, shit, I don't have many other fire Pokemon to choose from. When I come to this grass gym, what the fuck am I gonna do? 
the the crappy part would be then you have to find another Growlithe <laughs> or another Fire Pokemon if you needed a Fire Pokemon. You, for example, you can't. No, like that Pokemon species is out of the question. Like if you oh if, that if Growlithe dies, you can't ever use another Growlithe again. Okay, that makes it a lot harder because there are some types of Pokemon that there aren't many of. I know. Ooh, I didn't realize it. See, I was thinking like that's your. This is the Growlithe I caught. His name is Podrick. And Podrick. <laughs> Big <and> Podrick. I... <laughs> Actually, if it's if it's a Growlithe, Barrick might be the better one. This is Barrick. Yeah. If Barrick dies, then I'll just go get Podrick, another Growlithe that Big Dick Podrick. <laughs> That's how I imagined this. Like I just have multiple of the same po- of the no, same Pokemon. No. Okay. Once you've killed that... all hundred and fifty one Pokemon, it's over. the game's over. The game's over. And you also can't catch all the 151 Pokemon in one game, so you don't even have that many chances. You're right, because you have to trade some of them. And once you trade them away, you can't ever get that Pokemon again. What an interesting concept. Ooh. That would be that would be an, a... Maybe I'll try that for a good like two hours one day when I'm bored, and then I'll decide I hate it. That sounds like a, like a Zelda three-heart challenge kind of thing that I'll yeah, try one day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine if I did that with Google Stadia, and I could just share that instance, and you guys could do it too. Shut up. That'd be uh, a ridiculous instance. Do this instance of the game that was 25 hours long. <laughs> <laughs> Holden, would you rather uh, play Halo, but every time you entered or exited a building or a vehicle, there's a 20-second load time. So getting into a, a Warthog or going into a building. Or play a 2D Zelda game. But every time you switch screens or go to a different room, the action continues but the screen doesn't move over for three seconds. That sounds like fun. <laughs> that last one. Like, oh, I don't know what's happening in that screen over there. I, I lost a heart. What's happening? There's a three-second like, delay on the camera moving over every single time. That sounds a lot less annoying, honestly, than getting in and out of a warthog is 20 seconds. Because there are times to be like, I'm going to hop out of this warthog. I'll hop right back in again. Honestly, I'd like them both on wasted. fire. I hate them both. I would never. I 2D Zelda games. I usually like, but I don't know. I don't. I I couldn't do it. A three second delay every time I go to a room, especially if there's like something in the other room that's like that's hazardous. but it's tense. No, it makes it tense. No, I couldn't do it. But if I had to, and I had to make it to the end of one of them, I, Halo, and I would either just avoid vehicles and just take the cost of going in and out of buildings. Or once I get a vehicle, I'm riding that vehicle as long as I can through the hallways of some tiny corridor. Like, I'm, I'm not leaving that vehicle. <laughs> All right. Fourth question. Would you rather work for a greedy AAA game developer who lets you make your dream game, but it hamstrings it with loot boxes, microtransactions, and manipulative monetary systems? So it's a game you really love but they really take all the life out of it with all of that microtransactions. Or work for a small indie developer where you're free to make what you want, but you'll never receive the funding to truly make it how you wanted. I would choose the latter because there's a lot of really cool game mechanics have happened because of limitations. And I feel like I'd be happier with the projects I'm making because those limitations would motivate me in a way that I couldn't be like, I want to make these loot boxes sick. Like, I, I just, I don't think I'd have the same ability to turn it around. 
But imagine how many people fucking love Battlefront 2. They're like, oh my god, this is the best that was representation a, of Star Wars sounds. And I think that and was that a poor stuff. example. People <laughs> love Battlefront 2. <laughs> but the people who love it, love it. And then they, you know, they eventually like fix-dish the stuff. Uh, but no, I think I'm with you as well. I think yeah. I would I would find more joy in the end result with a mm-hmm. with a an indie developer, even though I'd always be wondering what if. Mm-hmm. Last question: Would you rather have a penis <laughs> that is <laughs> a penis that is the raccoon tail from Mario, along with all the benefits and perks, or have boobies that are mirror shields from Ocarina of Time? What? Along with all of the, the perks of that as well. So your penis allows you to fly. It is a raccoon tail, though. Like, you can't pee out of it. You can't ejaculate. But you can fly with it. Or at least so you hover. Can't pee, you hover can't ejaculate. You can only hover and fly around. Yeah, kind of float downwards. Uh, so, falling so, with style. So not that one. I'll choose or anything else but that one. You have giant mirror shields for tits. And they absorb sunlight. And they reflect it. They absorb fire and ice attacks, and they shoot it back at people. Yeah, that sounds great. This sounds way better than not coming for the rest of my life. <laughs> That's all you're worried about is ejaculating. Come on, Holden. Oh, and peeing. And you're right. You're right. That's kind and of a pee. big deal. All right. If you could pee through the raccoon tail, would you do it? You That's just told me I have. I have. <laughs> <laughs> You just told me I have two shields that are constantly attached to me that deflect magic and, like, fire and stuff. Like, I wouldn't be afraid of anything anymore. Plus, I wouldn't have a raccoon tail penis. Like, that's a, <laughs> that's a plus. It's also easier to hide. The mirror shield? No, the raccoon tail. I was going to say, okay. Because this know. is not Give a, a normal tail. thing. You are the only person in the world that has this. So you'd either be a freak or you'd be like, look at the guy with the mirror shield tits. But here's the thing. Everyone would just know I'm a freak. So just like, oh yeah, that's right, Holden. He's got the you know the weird shield thing going on. Raccoon penis, limited situation. We're like, hey, like we've gotten to know each other. This is really cool. By the way, I gotta tell you that I have a raccoon tail for a penis. I know that's weird. Like, and I'd have to have that awkward conversation. Whereas like mirror shields there, it's like it's just there. It's just everyone sees it. It's just there. It's happening. There'd be some awkward conversations about raccoon penis. Holden, let me introduce you to a concept called married to God, <laughs> where that wouldn't be a concern anymore. <laughs> oh, man. Again, I don't like that idea. <laughs> this is a terrible idea. All right. I would, uh, yeah, I would do, I would do the boobies. <laughs> yeah. You, like, grilled me on that for so long and then chose the same exact thing. <laughs> yeah, I would do the boobies. Not that there are many times when people are throwing fire or ice at my chest, but it's nice to know that if they did, I could shoot it right back at them. Exactly. Well, flamethrowers exist. Yeah. So, Elon like, Musk. one day. Yeah, exactly. Great. Well, that wraps up Game on Game Show, and it wraps up our episode for the day. Again, go to patreon.com slash respawnaimfire if you want to play Borderlands 2 with us next week, uh, and if you also want exclusive perks and abilities to vote, and just to support us. Uh, we love you all so much, and we can't wait for all the things coming down the pipeline. Holden has a finger up right now, and he's looking at me with yes. his mouth open. Just wanted to say as well, again, I was on uh, the show, uh, blah, oh, at, at Fresh Takes Gaming, I don't know why I just played that for a second, uh, that's posted on Monday, so it's available now. 
Fresh Takes Gaming. Fresh Takes Gaming. We had a good time talking about the, the whatchamacallit situation with um, Tim Sweeney. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, uh, Tamantha Sweeney. Talking Samantha, about all that deal. Right. So if you want to hear more thoughts on that kind of stuff, then it's, it's And there. they've been on it's our available. show, what, like a month and a half ago now? This is yeah, the second been... time you've been on the show, right? Or is this the first time you guys actually coordinated something together? First time I coordinated something together. Yeah. Okay. They were on our show before. Yeah. Yeah. Go listen to that. And also, patreon.com slash respawnamefire. Fucking love you guys. And until then, until next week. uh, Sorry, you raised your finger again. I did. I didn't. I didn't. You you didn't raise your finger. Here's our usual sign off. (laughs) 